Hi everybody, this is my response to the discussion board for this week. Um, this is actually my first podcast I've ever done. I've done other things where I've talked over PowerPoints and uh, I've done some flip classroom type of formatting uh, with videos and that sort of thing, but I, I don't think I've ever just recorded myself, so this is a little bit new. So in regards to the discussion board, like I said before, I do have some experience with a flipped classroom. I actually did it for an entire year, and I did it because we were challenged as a department, the social studies department, to flip our classrooms because our curriculum increased. And with the increased curriculum, of course, they didn't give us more time to, to obviously do the curriculum, so we just had more on our plate. So the obvious thing was to, well, try the flip classroom because you can deliver more information that way uh, because you could have the, the students be doing things at home. And uh, when they came back, well, you can even do more things or at least go over the stuff that they... Uh, they went over. So I don't know if it was 100% a true flip classroom the way we formatted it, but uh, well, after watching some of the videos that uh, that were shared with us, uh, it definitely wasn't the format which I think the one science teacher used where, where he kind of just used uh, his classroom as a questioning period and that sort of thing. Our flip classroom was a little bit different where it was sort of, okay, you you did that information at home and now you're responsible for that information uh, so here I'm going to present some more information which obviously is not a good system uh, I did not love it I did not like it at all and in fact uh, one of my hopes for this class is to learn some new sort of methods that would enhance a flipped classroom so let me get started with this uh, year-long process and I think I'll pretty much answer all the questions uh, that we had for the discussion board in my sort of uh, analysis. So I, I ended up breaking down the statistics of that year-long uh, almost, man, I, I, I don't know if I would call it a study, but it almost is like a study, uh, where I used the flip classroom method uh, half and half. So half the class... Uh, would be flipped classroom, and the other half would be direct instruction, sort of like what I was talking about before. And it it did not go so well, we'll put it that way. I think it was the first time ever that these students experienced it. They were freshmen. And um, the way I analyzed it was I made my tests essentially the same, half and half. So when they took a test half the questions they had with a flipped classroom. So all the stuff that they did at home was going to be tested on the test. The other half of the test was more direct instruction, so what we did in class. So it was sort of half and half. And the way I calculated it then was I broke down every test and I broke, broke it down in a way where I could analyze the flipped classroom materials and the direct instruction materials. So that gave me a real good glimpse into, okay, what did they learn more? Did they learn more in class or did they learn more at home during the flip classroom? Well, as you can probably imagine, freshmen in high school, first time doing it, they 
did not take the initiative that I sort of thought they would, and they ended up not doing a lot of the float classroom lessons. Even when I was grading sort of their note-taking, we did have some quizzes, they had some quizzes actually embedded in some of the uh, materials that I used uh, for the flip classroom. But uh, what I found is that they were basically just rushing through it and getting it done as quickly as possible. And later on, uh, when they did sort of their reviews, the end of the year reviews, they they definitely talked uh, to me personally about, yeah, I just trying to get it done and everything else. While they were in class, obviously I could monitor that. And so they learned more in class than, than when they were at home using the flip classroom model. The statistics that I found, uh, just to give you some, some sort of uh, statistics, was for instance, uh, for my uh, overall test scores on average, the flip classroom average, and this, is, this by the way were multiple choice questions, uh, fill in the blanks, uh, true or false, uh, the short answers, I uh, I would mix and match, uh, but they were mostly big DBQs, so that was sort of tough. I couldn't really break those down. So these averages might seem pretty low uh, when you don't count the other uh, the other big uh, grades. Uh, but for the com combined all unit test scores for the whole year, the flip classroom uh, had an average grade of a 66% while the direct instruction which I accounted towards basically what we did in class ended up being a 77%. So uh, obviously a, a pretty significant difference there and if you went test by test which I did uh, you would see very very similar results. Now uh, one very interesting thing that I found was that as the uh, the system went on and on and on. So at, at the end of the year, uh, they started to become more familiar with the flip classroom process. They enjoyed working at their own pace. They kind of started to buy into it. And once that started to happen, uh, I saw sort of the, the difference between the direct and the, uh, the flip classroom model. Uh, the gap started to close a bit. And so that really, uh, it sort of inspired me to keep going with it and to keep trying flip classroom uh, models. I have to be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't used it significantly after this study, which was about two years ago. But like I said, this is one reason why I'm taking this class and I'm taking the technology uh, masters at DeSales. It's because I wanted to incorporate more of this into my classroom, especially on the AP level, where I think juniors and seniors will will really take this kind of model, and I, I think they could do really good things with it. Uh, some of the things I would change, uh, I, I definitely think there needs to be some sort of assessment, maybe more so than what I was doing. I was doing some homework checks, but uh, in order to really make sure that they're doing the work uh, that they need to, uh, I if I can build something around the flip classroom, like almost like a website, uh, we work with a learning uh, system called Schoology. I don't know if anyone knows about that, but um, I can create certain things off of that. And uh, 
if I can incorporate quizzes and checks and more like, uh, you know, where once they complete something, I can see how, uh, the check mark next to that subject area. I know I can do certain things like that uh, with certain websites. Um, and maybe even schools, you have to look into it. But I think holding students accountable is a big thing that I'm going to really try to do once I really uh, get into this uh, more deeply than maybe I have. Um, some other things that, uh, that I, I found with the study overall was that the way I was teaching, have to, it has to change. And like I said before, I did not like my model where I was just using a flipped classroom to uh, to give them more material. And I know that's not what a flipped classroom is all about. So really, I mean, you almost say this whole study was bogus, but I, I actually did uh, like the, the, the info and, and data that I got out of it. However, if I use this in the future, I definitely want to use the model uh, of those YouTube videos that were provided to us where I would assign something, and this could really work in my AP Psychology class. By the way, this study was all, all in my freshman U.S. History classes. Uh, I did not say that, mention that. So this, the, the flip classroom versus direct instruction model was in a U.S. History class. For my AP Psychology class, how I can sort of envision a flipped classroom approach would be that they would do whatever activity or, uh, you know, whatever they had to do at home using the flipped classroom model. And then when they came back, we would do demonstrations, almost like a science lab. We would do demonstrations based off of the stuff that they did at home. So for instance, if you did something with, say, uh, classical conditioning, they would understand what classical conditioning is, they would work through certain activities using cla uh, classical conditioning, and they would do this at home. And then once they got to the classroom, we would create, or I would have already provided, a experiment that would take most of the class period, and it would be testing classical conditioning. I think that approach can be really beneficial to the students where they will not only be learning the material, but then applying the material uh, in class. And then like uh, like the teacher we saw in the YouTube clip, then sort of I'm, I'm not on the stage, right? Instead, I'm helping, I'm answering questions. And, and that's, I think that's a very positive way to run a class. And I honestly think that's where we're headed uh, in education. And, uh, you know, it's really about students discovering on their own building uh, building a schema of certain uh, you know materials yeah and, and I I really truly believe that uh, that that's where we're going so this flat flip classroom model uh, I believe can be uh, a game changer not only for my teaching but definitely teachers around the world so that's what I had to say about uh, the flip classroom uh, I'm anxious to to get to hear uh, you know, the other the other feedback and, and uh, maybe suggestions that you might have for my for my classroom. So I appreciate it. Uh, happy Fourth of July! If you don't hear this until then, so uh, thank you, and um, I'll be uh, be waiting for your responses.